Welcome to the Business of Learning, the Learning Leaders Podcast from TrainingIndustry.com. Hello, and welcome to the Business of Learning Podcast. I'm Taryn H. I'm an editor at Training Industry here with my co-host, Scott Rutherford. Hi, and welcome. And today on the Business of Learning, we're talking about how executives view learning and development with Dr. Tom Whelan, Director of Corporate Research here at Training Industry and the author of a new report that explores how executives look at corporate learning, what they think is valuable, and how learning professionals can better work with leaders to demonstrate value from learning and development programs. This episode of the Business of Learning is sponsored by the Certified Professional in Training Management Program. Hi, I'm Brandy, and I'm the Learning Program Administrator for the Certified Professional in Training Management Program. The CPTM program was designed to convey the essential competencies you need to manage a training organization. And when you become a CPTM, you gain access to alumni resources like monthly peer roundtables and a full registration to the Training Industry Conference and Expo. If you start today, you can earn the CPTM credential in as little as two months. To learn more, visit cptm.trainingindustry.com. One of the major challenges we hear from learning and development leaders is getting that seat at the executive table and making sure executives understand the importance of and provide budget for training. So with that, let's introduce Dr. Tom Whelan. Welcome. Starting with the big question, do executives understand the value of learning and development? So the good news uh, that came out of this report is, in fact, they they do. Um, So when we asked people whether or not training is important uh, to their company, whether it's critical to business goals, um, 84% of the executives that we had surveyed said that it is to to a large extent. On the converse, only 5% said that L&D did very little or nothing at all to contribute to, to business goals. So so when we're thinking about this idea, um, this commonly held belief uh, in, in the industry that you know those at the top see very little value uh, in L&D as a practice, uh, our data shows that the, the opposite it is is true that they they see it as something that's important um now where where there's a a gap uh is that when we asked them about the effectiveness of training um only 28 percent of them said that their training is always effective so there was there was a clear gap in in between what is current practice and what is potentially best practice for employee training Um, so when we're thinking about the view of those from the top uh, th- this gap in perception does exist uh, as as kind of evidenced by the the data that that we got you know so so it's kind of like w- where does this perception that l and d isn't worth anything come from um, our data more or less shows that that this perception doesn't start up from the top at least when it comes to the perceived value of of training now who did you survey for this research uh, and what types of companies did they come from for this research, we surveyed 264 executives. Uh, they came from a variety of different industries. Uh, the majority of them came from technology, banking and finance, business consulting, uh, government and healthcare. Uh, over half of them had been in their jobs for six to 15 years. Uh, so, you know, who's represented uh, in this data tended to be people that have been in role for, for quite a while. Uh, going a little bit further, the companies that they represented tended to be large. 70% of them had more than 1,000 employees. Um, and looking at the generations uh, of these executives, the bulk of them were millennial or, or Gen Xers, a uh, f- little bit less representation from boomers. 
So from the research, what would you say are the biggest challenges that executives point to as the, uh, or the biggest obstacles uh, to effective training at companies? So from, from the data that we gathered, uh, there were three categories that came out uh, of, of the challenges that executives identified. So uh, several of them were, were patently internal, so things having to do with the culture of the organization, um, what their business plans looked like, uh, the complexity of what their day-to-day operations looked like. Uh, some of them were, were external, as kind of would, would be expected. You know, so what are, what are the current knowledge and skills and abilities of the employees? You know, how do you deal with market uh, disruptions and competition? Um, and then, interestingly, the third category uh, had to do with, with technology-related challenges. Um, and so, so with that in particular, there there were two that I wanted to to talk about in a little bit of detail because I think they're they're some of the less obvious but but uh, no less pervasive challenges uh, faced by by companies. Um, so the the first is differences among employees and technology relevant skills. This is one of the. Um, one of the top five challenges that, that executives identified. Um, and so with this, with this challenge, kind of what it involves um, is, is the, the fact that IT and other technology-relevant skills uh, can be somewhat of a great equalizer when it comes to the performance of individuals. You know, so regardless almost of what the company's core products and services are, uh, if you don't have uh, an employee base with with a you know with, with the digital skills that they need to, to do their jobs, and if you're not aware of the fact that different employees are going to be competent at different levels, um, you know you you can you can end up with a lot of wasted hours, a lot of wasted resources, and a lot of wasted efforts simply because people aren't aren't upskilled to the point that they need to be. Um, and I, I think the you know why this challenge exists is because you know I, I think we tend to think of training in terms of well there's a baseline level of skill that everybody needs to be at, and when we can certify that they're there, well, then then we should be okay. Um, and so I think what this challenge has to do with is is the fact that you know you you need you actually need power users of, of different pieces of software in your company. Uh, you need people to to know you know a little bit more than just how to open and, and save a file uh, in in some some piece of software. You know they have be able to connect the dots. Um, an, another challenge that I think is is uh, kind of hiding in the in the shrubbery uh, is obstacles related to the the culture or the structure of, of a company. Um, you know, so so this involves you know implementation of training that that's hitting obstacles that really have nothing to do with with what's going on internally or what's going on in the outside market. Um, you know, so maybe maybe training is designed with all the best practices in mind. Stakeholders are behind it. You know, everybody's rah rah rah, uh, but but the the culture of the company itself may not support learning. Or or the you know so so is learning important to managers? Is is you know at, at both at the at the senior level and at, at kind of the, the first line leader level. Um, you know, also it could be there's just structural difficulties that a company has to contend with. Um, you know, so so communication breakdowns. How do you know where your training needs exist? Do they exist in all places? Uh, if you're spread out across a bunch of different geographies, how do you bring people together? How do you know what those different training needs are? Are they you know different in in LA versus New York? Um, you know, what kind of employees have have been attracted to the company in, in different locations? So there's all these you know, r- rather uh, complex things hiding under the surface that, that can take a lot of forms. But I think at the at the higher level, the, the challenge is, is the same. It's, you know, how, how do you, you know, how, how do you get this, this stuff done in a company where, 
where just by the way it's set up, it may not work right, even if you followed you know, the, the guidebook on, on how to do this the best. It also sounds like the, the guidebook uh, is going to be uh, dependent on you paying attention to data. You have to pay attention to where the... So we're talking about not just training, but assessment and maybe adaptive learning and, and making everything fit the need, which is, as you say, different in all the different in the individual circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 I think the the reason that maybe it's a bigger challenge than than people would suspect uh, is is the fact that you know in, in other research that that we've done, one of the consistent findings that that we see is for as much as people talk about you know the extent to which they're assessing their training programs. You know, at all levels of the the Kirkpatrick framework, or, or you know, how, however you want to try to frame it, um, you know, everybody will say they're they're doing it, but when you ask people, well, what's actually being collected? Nobody's really doing a great job of, of collecting multiple metrics on, you know, are, do people enjoy the training? Are you actually measuring that they learned anything? Are you measuring them once they get back onto the job? You know, how how are you? tying a training to changes in performance you know i mean if 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 we're just jumping to roi all the time we're skipping over all those things in the middle that that feed into um you know ultimately what the results are uh, of an lnd initiative Uh, well tom were there any insights that came out of the data in the course of this research that surprised you there were um the the, probably the, the single most surprising finding uh, from this research was the relationship between the age of an executive and how they answered the all, all the questions on in the, uh, the the research survey that we we gave to them. What we found was that the the younger an executive is, the less effective they tend to rate their training. Um, the 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 lower the propensity is for the company to have a constructive learning environment, um, the the less likely the company is to be oriented towards long term success, uh, the less likely the company is to to see L and D as being appropriately funded, um, the the less the company is to offer different opportunities for employee development, um, and also the less likely they are to even be aware of the fact that there are challenges uh, to their L and D effectiveness, you know. And this this was all you know. All these things are related to to the age of of the executive. Now. I, I think the the first thought would be, well, that's because we're talking about younger executives that haven't been in the job as long. They don't really know what's going on. Um, and so interestingly, and I talk about this in a blog on our website, um, tenure wasn't related to any of these things. So when we look at, well, how long has somebody been in the job? There is no relationship but, you know, be, between how long someone has been an executive and how they feel about the effectiveness of their training uh, or the culture for learning within the company. You know, so th- this, this appeared to be driven mostly by, by the age of, of the executive and, and the relationship between the, the tenure of the executive and their age, while it exists, really isn't that high. And I mean, you know, so, so it's, it's, not, it's not like we can say, well, age is just kind of a proxy for, uh, for, for tenure. And you're looking at tenure as the years in the current position rather than years of overall professional experience. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I don't want to um, cannibalize the blog that you um, are working on, but uh, do you have any hypotheses for, uh, for why this relationship might exist? Not really, no. 
Yeah, saying that Not at old, the moment. Saying, <laughs> saying that older people are great managers is something I have a self-interest in this conclusion. <laughs> I, I, I have a little bit of a self-interest in the opposite. I so. know we're, 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 we're at opposite ends of this, uh, this spectrum, but uh, well. Tom, were there differences in how executives at different types of organizations, maybe different sizes of companies, um, look at or perceive learning and development overall? So there, there were some differences. Uh, they're, they're not as sweeping as, as the differences in the, in the age of an executive. Um, and, and some of these should at least be somewhat uh, reassuring. Uh, so one... Uh, one thing we found was that you know the the size of an organization didn't really appear to have any relationship to how effective their training is, um, or you know whether or not they had a learning culture, um, you know wh whether or not they they feel the the market for talent uh, for their company is sufficient or not, um, the extent to which they they go to uh, training as a as a source uh, of talent. Um, you know, but it, it, it was related to the number of, of different opportunities for development offered to employees, which makes sense. You're a bigger company, you have slightly more resources, arguably, you can offer a couple more things. You know, it makes perfect sense. All right, so let's, uh, let's get down to kind of the bottom line for our listeners, Tom. Uh, based on this research, what strategies can you share for L&D leaders to help them work with uh, the executives at their companies to get their buy-in and, and their budget for their programs? Okay, well, there, there's three main points uh, that I think are, are worth making here. So first and foremost, uh, you know, those in L&D need to understand that executives are, are very likely to value, um, you know, learning and development and what it does and, and the effect that it can have on employees. Um, but they're also likely to have concerns about how effective it is. I mean, that, that, that seemed to be a, a major theme uh, that came out of the data for this research. Um, and, and also, I think it's it's imperative that learning leaders see the larger business challenges to L&D, um, you know, as opportunities for positive change in L&D practices. I mean, effective training isn't an accident. Nobody wakes up and they're like, oh, my God, everybody that was here is just, you know, knocking it out of the park on their job. You know, I mean, like you, you to, to be good at, at training, it takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of alignment of resources and it takes a lot of, of attention, you know, at all levels of the company. Um, so when you know when when faced with challenges uh reframing them as opportunities to get better um and strategic opportunities to get better i, I think is is definitely something that that learning leaders can can take away from this research um and then third and, and finally uh the, the more that that l d professionals can find ways to connect their current practices to long-term strategic goals uh you know the the more likely executives may be to to take some risks with with the form and function of how l and d works um, assuming that these practices that they're putting in place are are effective you know because again that seemed to be the, the the main concern you know the 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 shortfall isn't the belief in the value of l and d the the shortfall is the belief in its effectiveness all right well thanks for uh hopping across the office to come talk to us today tom uh we're into can, our podcast studios yes uh where can people learn more about this research so the, the report is available for purchase on our website. Um, if if uh, those that are interested, they can go to trainingindustry.com and under the research section, you'll find the report. Uh, it's titled Executive Perspectives on the Business Impact of L&D. Uh, there's a preview of the report that can be downloaded for free. And if you'd like to access the full report, you can use the code podcast and it'll knock $100 off the price.
Great. Thanks, Tom. And thanks to you for listening to this podcast. This is the business of learning. It comes to you from training industry. If you're not already subscribed to our email newsletters, please consider this your invitation. They're free and they'll help you stay up to date on trends and best practices in learning and development. You'll get the latest articles and invitations to attend free webinars and events, including our upcoming full day virtual conference. And you'll find information about all of that on trainingindustry.com. Until next time. If you have feedback about this episode or would like to suggest a topic for a future program, email us at info at or use the contact us page at trainingindustry.com. Thanks for listening to the Training Industry Podcast.